Hello. It's the Loftus party. That's the sound of my ukulele. I have joined the ranks of the unwashed. <laughs> I'm learning how to play the ukulele so I can play it around the Liberty Gypsy campfire. Awesome. When we when we roll into a new village and you get out your uh, fortune telling crystals, <laughs> I can play the ukulele. There you go. How about that? It's a fun little instrument. I'm actually going to be playing. I'm I'm going to I'm going to play it when I'm in Vegas. I got a special song. I got a I got a Vegas song ready to go. I'm going full on Vegas. I'm going to tell my jokes and I'm going to close with a musical number. Nice. Right? How right? much more Vegas can you get? It's going to be lot. awesome. How are things going in the, the Liberty Gypsy camp? Oh, just they are wonderful down here. Gray, ugly, Have rainy you rolled day. into rainy, huh? Uh-huh, yeah. You guys, uh, you guys uh, telling fortunes? Are you putting curses on people? Or are you playing nice with the villagers so they don't run you out of town? We're playing nice with the villagers so they don't run us out of town. However, the alternate bunker is moving about 30 miles north. So that'll oh, be interesting. So there is, there is going to be a new camp. Yes, there is a new camp in the in Liberty Gypsy Commune. So, yeah, we're pretty excited. That's great. Okay, so we were talking... Uh, before we started recording, there's just – there's so much. So this one might be a, a tough one to listen to if you're looking to – they're going to go subject one, subject two, subject three. I think this is going to be like a, a little uh, ping pong. <laughs> well, um, just so much like, happened this but like, morning. But like with seven different ping pong balls, everything is going crazy right now. Well, not going crazy, but there's just – there's so much. Huffington Post politics. Tom Perez just became the first DNC chair to say all Democratic candidates must support abortion rights. Yep. And Boom. Not, and not just not just leave them alone in the public sphere. Actually support them. Advocate yes. for them. Yeah. Uh, he, he that actually, is dangerous. That's dangerous. It's that's it's highway totally to the dangerous. danger zone. Well, so it, you got to ask yourself, do you want to be a part – do you want to be a part of a party that says you have to think exactly like we do or you're out? Exactly. And when you look at the upcoming election in 2018, there's yeah. a fair number of those that are happening in purplish districts. And even if you look at the single issue they're talking about at this point, right – a fair number of people, according to all the polling that I've seen in the last year, who say they're pro-choice, don't personally advocate for it and maybe personally against it. So yeah, well, uh, to me the big the big thing is you have to think like this or you're out. You have to help. A, if if you're not in lockstep with us, then you're out. Well, and I think I think what's really interesting about this article in the Times is Bernie Sanders right now by all measures of media and other things to include a morning consult, you know, survey that came out this morning is the most popular senator among his constituents and the most sought after for speeches, etc. Bernie Sanders is coming out and saying it's economic justice we need to be concerned with. That's why we lost all these votes in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin, right? And they're not listening to him. He's well, the most I'm liked. Glad. I'm glad they're not listening to him. Mm -hmm. And you, you know why he's the most liked? He's giving away free stuff. <laughs> Someone need. I'm not kidding. Right. That's all he's doing. Of course he's popular. 
he because he he's popular with the people who honestly believe. And that's I'm so glad you brought that up because I got to talk about that on the flip side. I got to I got to find a chart that shows the deficit and the debt and our spending. Mm-hmm. People, there is this, and it, it's I guess we're never going to have to stop talking about this. It it is our money, and it's not like the government has a a big money tree that's constantly in bloom. No. We we don't have it. Bernie Sanders can talk about this uh, all he wants. About about free college and free health care and how the rich. Oh man, he had a tweet the other day that was just pure gold, just pure gold. How many how many yachts do the billionaires need? How many how many yachts do these? You can't have it all, billionaires. You rich guys, you can't have it all. I'm like, dude, you got three houses. Shut <laughs> no, up. Just be quiet. Shut, and why don't you? When you're living in a shack mm-hmm. in the hills of Tennessee, uh, chopping firewood to get by. And your little wife that just runs colleges into the ground uh, is making biscuits out of deer crap. Then, <laughs> then we'll talk. But like, how many, how many, how many yachts do the billionaires need? They need as many as they can afford. You, <laughs> that's how many. <laughs> how many houses do you need? It's just uh, you got Bernie Sanders just preaching straight up socialism. And I said it a long time ago on the TV show. Uh, it's gone too far. Of course he's popular. People, we need to start wiping the floor with Bernie Sanders. It's a lovely idea. It doesn't work. Venezuela, Venezuela, Venezuela. Well, it, does. it doesn't work. And what I'm finding even more interesting at this point is the Democrats' absolute desperation. Absolute desperation. You know so, what? I'm not. What, what are they desperate about? Because I'm, I'm seeing a, I'm hearing a lot of talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like, how are the Democrats going to get it together? They're this. They're that. They're this. And you know what? Here's the deal. I don't. I know that like uh, Fox News and MSNBC and CNN, they have to fill their programs. They have to talk mm-hmm. about something. But I'm really not interested in uh, fixing the Democrats. I really, I really don't want to give it uh, five seconds. No, but but what was even more fun to look at this morning was some polling that went out on Trump and Hillary, et cetera, et cetera. Trump has lost 4% of his base support. So from 100, he's down to 96. Hillary lost 15. And what the polling showed is if the election were to take place today, Trump would still win, not just the Electoral College, but also the popular vote. Ha, 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 ha. Who t- who was, whose poll was that? That was an ABC poll. What? It yeah. wasn't uh, Breitbart Russian Mm-mm. Pravda news? Nope. Nope, That's it not was hilarious. not. And it was actually hilarious, and it's causing quite a bit of a, of a freakout. I mean, you know, when you think Hillary's support has declined 15%, the only person they're pushing out in the media right now is Chelsea. I mean, oh my God, could we be any more? Ugh. How many, how many more tries are they going to, how many more bites of that apple do they get? Like they've tested the waters. I feel like, I feel like they've tested the waters with Chelsea and it just, they keep like, I don't think the response is there. I don't hear anybody going, well, thank goodness. It looks like Chelsea might happen. Like I don't. Even Democrats are like, stop, stop. Yeah. So uh, how many more, how many more tries do you think? The Vanity Fair thing was awesome. Wasn't it though? How? That tweet, how cool does Chelsea look? Uh, not cool at all. Uh, really airbrushed. 
Uh, the poor girl. The, the, she doesn't. Uh, she, she's got. She's got nothing. She's got nothing. And no. I love it when she takes uh, shots at Donald Trump. You know, like he's the he's the child of privilege, and you would be. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least Donald of... Trump has built stuff, right? At least <laughs> at least he ran a company. Well, she's like, some. She somehow got herself into the into the wealth management world. And the quote in one of the articles was, I tried really hard to care about money, but I just can't. Well, could that be because you've always had enough? That, and yeah, how yeah. long, how that's, long that's can you? Rich people say that. Rich people say that. that. You know, people like, money isn't everything. Yeah, let's look at your bank account. You got commas, man. When you look at your bank account, you got... That's that's not my joke. I, oh my gosh, what's the other guy? It's some other guy's joke. He's like, when you go to the ATM and you take out money and you see you've got commas in your balance, you feel okay. <laughs> well, I I just think this whole uh, you know I'm not interested in helping the Democrat Party either, but I am very interested in giggling and laughing about what they just don't get. So. You know, this whole thing where there's this tension between continuing to worship at the altar of identity politics and actually being concerned with people's well-being and economic health. Um, it looks like the DNC is staying with the identity politics, and that just cracks me up. Well, I think uh, – how else can we refer to identity politics? What – What's a, a a better way to? Because like what happens is like these these ideas they they get even more abstract when you give them these strange labels. Okay, in in taking the population and carving them down into every individual uh, characteristic they have. So you have race, you have gender, you have sexuality, you have whatever, right? And then yeah. God forbid you cross those two things. And, you know, gender, men are responsible for everything, this, that, and the other. So pandering to the needs of various interest groups based on characteristics that really don't talk about the total person they are. Man, I tell you what, in the whole the whole gender thing, you can't – Oh, my God. I'm sorry. For, for, for anybody who might be uh, on the other side of the aisle that listens to this show, uh, buckle up. But, man, I took so much – when that when that Trump supporter – uh, punched that dreadlock chick wearing the bandana and just laid her out. That was fantastic. I just <laughs> loved it. Oh, my favorite protest this week was down in Alabama when they actually made Antifa take off their hoods. I didn't They're, even see that one. Oh, that my got God. Zero. That <laughs> didn't even occur. And to the, to the minds of most Americans, it did not, it did not so, occur. Everybody it, just saw this picture of this guy uh, popping this uh, dreadlock chick in the face, and they're like, he hit a girl. He hit a girl. Hey, uh, bitches, we're all equal. We're all equal. That's welcome to the wonderful world of feminism. You can do anything a man can do. And when you take a swing at a dude and he pops you and he knocks you out, welcome. Guess what? You can be a fireman too. Now you can be a police officer. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this, this thing in Alabama was actually highly entertaining to me because Alabama's my next door neighbor. And so University of Alabama was court ordered to allow Richard Spencer to speak. Okay, good. So they said, yes, you have to allow him. So the University of Alabama complied. Well, the state of Alabama has a law that was actually put into effect 
to combat the KKK that says you cannot wear hoods or masks in public in public like that, and certainly not in public demonstra demonstrations. You have to be unmasked. We got to so, see your face. We got to see your face. And this was done in the early 1900s to combat the Ku, Ku Klux Klan. Well, now Antifa comes into town to protest Richard Spencer, which the University of Alabama was court ordered to allow to speak. Right. And the police are ripping off their masks as they're walking into the protest. I mean, it was just That's like it wonderful. was delicious irony to me. Was there violence? Uh, no, because nobody had a mask on. Isn't that weird? Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange? Mm -hmm. How when you can't hide, and that's that's the other thing. I mean, and listen, I'm I just want to be perfectly clear. I'm not uh, in no way, shape, or form am I saying walk around and, and just punch a woman for no reason. Right. But like, it was a scrum. It was a scrum. She she took a swing. Uh, she was ready to go, and that is that is equality. And you can't blame the dude. She had a mask on. Mm -hmm. All you see is like this red bandana and some naughty dreadlocks. And I bet, oh, I, I got to know she reeked of patchouli. You got to oh, know. God, she yuck. Reeked of, reeked of patchouli. Ugh. She took a swing. She got popped. Yeah, he hit a girl. You're always, you're always allowed to defend yourself. You're always wow. allowed to defend yourself, which takes us right to uh, now. Uh, uh, here we go with, with Ann Coulter and Berkeley. Oh. And you even got Bill Maher defending her. That's what you I got like. Bernie you know. Sanders defending her. Yeah, that yeah. is, uh, it, which is weird. Is like on on one side, uh, you've got uh, Bernie Sanders and Bill Maher and all these people going, "Hey, uh, it is freedom of speech. You got to be able to talk. You got to be able to talk and have in differing different opinions are good for us." And then you got uh, the new head of the DNC going, yeah, different opinions are good unless you're part of our party. Then you got to agree with us. Abortion, abortion, abortion. Right. Well, no, I think Bernie Sanders actually referred to the people trying to stop her from speaking as intellectually weak. It is. I think it's completely intellectual. We don't want to have to have the discussion because in some cases your ideas might be better than our ideas. So we're just going to shut you down. And that is what it's all about and that's what keeps me interested in this and this is what uh, gets me out of bed in the morning and uh, makes me frustrated and makes me laugh like I literally believe uh, the ideas on on the right and I'm just gonna call it the right mm -hmm. are better like I, the whole label thing oh you're a libertarian you're an independent I know what I'm not I know I know I'm not with the progressives at all you're not a socialist. No, and that is exactly where it's going. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's literally that you're wasting your time. You're wasting. I love people love to march and they love to protest. I get that, and and I love all these other uh, these ideas that they keep coming up with, like the woman's march, women, yay, we want the vote. Okay, hooray, you got it, go. And then uh, the march after that was, we want to see taxes. We want to Trump's. Ta That's the other thing. These morons, they don't even go. Uh, out to to protest our unjust system of taxes and and the wasting <laughs> of our taxpayer money. They're actually protesting an individual whose taxes were just out on on the Rachel Maddow show on right. MSNBC. Like you're protesting something that was just nationally televised. Now we just had the march uh, for science on Earth Day, and oh my gosh, that's the crack up of all crack ups. I found out. Here's how ignorant I am. The guy who founded Earth Day, 
killed his girlfriend, chopped her up yep. in a composter. <laughs> the guy that started it. It's like, I think he's anti-woman. I don't maybe think... just a little bit. Maybe just, there was some great quote out there and it was attributed to Sean Spicer and I didn't see it happen live. I didn't see it happen live. So I'm not sure it really happened. If somebody, yeah. if somebody made it up, it cracked me up. Trump's taxes are in a very secure place at this point where anyone can see them. Really? CNN reporter? Where's that? Underneath Obama's birth certificate, his passport, his grades, his this, his that, and everything else. And I just started cracking up. That's I mean, hilarious. the hypocrisy of show us your taxes when Rachel Maddow helped all of America understand, yes, Donald Trump actually pays taxes. Um and all the things that were that that Obama was allowed never to disclose. Yeah. It's just seriously? So now, so yeah, so so of course that's a huge. That's that's just about they they just want to see every president since Jimmy Carter, every president since Jimmy Carter's done this. And now there's the the what was it? The March the March for Science? Is that oh, what they were the doing? The March for Science. Yes, Bill Nye who is not a scientist, he's a mechanical engineer and had a television show. Yeah, that wants to. Uh, put he ev- loves science. Everybody, when people go after Bill Nye for that, that he's not a real scientist, uh, you know what? I give him, I give him a pass on that. He loves science. He loves science. He is a, uh, you know, it's like just because I can't paint like Picasso doesn't mean I can't paint. You oh, know what I'm saying? I, I get that, but when he's out there as a primary advocate for people who aren't all on the climate train, right, going to jail. Yeah. I have a problem with him not being a scientist. <laughs> what? What? He's oh, talking yeah. about people going to jail for something? Yes. He actually like lost it because CNN had an actual scientist on who is not a proponent of the climate change dogma. Come on now. I swear to God. Come on now. Bill Nye wants to throw somebody in jail for something? He has said this publicly about companies like Exxon and other people who do not put climate change organizations and the and the officers of those organizations who do not put climate change as a legitimate threat in their financial documents for investment, right? Should go to jail. That okay. <laughs> this is it's now it's we're, criminal. We're reaching new levels. It's didn't criminal. they used to didn't they used to throw people in jail for insisting that the world was round? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh that's oh my goodness. Well oh and, my and, goodness. and the, the the words that kill me, right, are settled science, okay? The only real settled science I know is Newton and the apple. Gravity really exists, and the earth is round, all right? And there are some things that we can prove factually, but when you're talking about climate change and this, that, and the other thing, there is disagreement within the scientific community. You actually did the best, one of the best monologues I've ever seen on it. When they say yeah, 97% of scientists agree. No, that was actually 12 Australian bloggers or something. And that is <laughs> two Australian bloggers. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing about that is when people are pro-science and they mm-hmm. go 97% of all scientists agree. Okay, already, you that's anti-science. Right. You, you have already – I love – there are some great signs. This one guy uh, had a sign. He's like, what do we want? Science. When do we want it? After peer review. And I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> and it's like, who's taking away science? Uh, that Nobody. Ne- that Neil deGrasse Tyson guy. Oh, who's, God. Who's, he's really uh, getting full of himself. 
Well, and then they lumped everything, everything into it. Yeah, he he had this tweet. He said, he said, show me a nation with a science hostile government and I'll show you a society with failing health, wealth and security. Like what? And I'm like, what are you saying, guy? Like, is uh, there's no science in America? Did you put that? Did you did you type that little tweet up on your iPhone that we invented? Through science? <laughs> well, and then the uh, march. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, uh, like when? Uh, seriously, they act like it's it's like uh, the 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 Spanish Inquisition or something. Like when uh, we're still doing science? Yeah, because no, we're a... still doing a lot of science actually. But if you look for the march at the March for Science Twitter timeline, their tweet tells you what this is all about. Colonization, racism, immigration, native rights, sexism, ableism, queer, trans, intersex phobia, and economic justice are scientific issues. And that would be a no, 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 no. They are social, like serious, deep, deep, dark philosophies of it. Well, no, what you're really talking about there is the soft sciences, social science. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's we not. Could, like, it, we have a, can a can a tranny do science? Sure. Does uh does Caitlyn Jenner know how to work a microscope? Yeah, you bet. Well, I just the 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 side of the aisle that says basic biology doesn't exist. It's all about how we feel, right? Yeah. Is now telling us we're anti-science. That, I, that's another one. I'm so glad you brought that up. And I apologize to our dear listeners as I make notes. We got a, we got a taping of the flip side. Uh, I think I've said this before, but I got to say it again on this, this live taping we're doing uh, this week is that your feelings are not facts. Nope. And, and that is – it's taking us down a very, very dangerous uh, path. Oh, I completely agree. That I mean, <laughs> people who start saying that hurts my feelings, therefore it must be wrong. Uh, I'm very sorry. Well, I mean, here's, I'm really sorry. Here's another one. Uh, Christina Hoff Summers, who calls herself the factual feminist. If you don't follow her or watch her stuff, she's absolutely fabulous. Um, and Ben Shapiro may be speaking at a university. They're yeah. already being protested. They haven't even signed a contract yet. Anybody, anybody who's protesting uh, Ben Shapiro. I, I've met Ben. I, I've had him on uh, the flip side. He's a great guy. And that's seriously, uh, all he wants to do is talk about uh, facts and ideas. Mm-hmm. A, a less dangerous person you'd be hard-pressed to find. How, how you can well, – then, and- then you really are – you truly are – afraid of ideas he's he's not a provocateur he just has some deeply held beliefs and he can back them up yep i like the ben shapiro i like the ben shapiro uh, and who too. else who else is talking a woman named christina hoff summers she is she uh has done gender studies for a long time and she tends to take down some of the unsupported allegations regarding sexism and 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 things like that that are out there in the public sphere from the un down to you know state governments so yeah i i don't want to get uh up on my high horse i i see these issues as very uh very complicated and very simple at the same time can't like i'm i'm a feminist 
in in my own way, you know. <laughs> Meaning, no, seriously, like no, if I know. Want to if you want to be uh, if you want to if if you're a, a girl and and you want to be a Navy SEAL, absolutely, go for it. Just pass the requirements. If you are really, yeah, yeah, that's it. And if you can't pass the requirements, don't go. Well, maybe maybe uh, the the test is uh, you know biased against me and blah blah blah. No, I'm sorry, that's the test. Right, and I mean, if you're, if you're the same as if you're the same as a dude, and a dude can do it, then you can do it too. Then hooray! But that's the test, and that's that's where it all this whole having to have an excuse for something. Maybe it's because I'm a woman. Maybe it's because I'm uh, transgendered. Maybe it's because I'm a vegan. Maybe it's because I don't like to wear green T-shirts. Maybe like no, no. Maybe it's because you suck. <laughs> There's identity politics. You that? just defined it. There you go. I knew knew there was a way to do it. And that's like, which brings me to this whole Hillary Clinton shattered book, which is. Oh my God. Isn't that awesome? I I don't know (sighs) who wrote that thing or what side of the aisle. I have to read that thing. I have to read it because I just want to hear all the excuses. I just want to hear all the excuses. No, no. Maybe it's because this. Mm -mm. They didn't give them any quarter. And if you read the passages that I've read, they actually say her campaign was completely awful, like how it was run. Robbie Mook, her campaign manager, did a terrible job. Examples. He never did polling in the last week. That's why was, they never saw the shift. Everywhere. There was polls everywhere. Mm-mm. In-state polling where they felt vulnerable, he was the one that made the decision not to go to Michigan, not to go to some of the states she lost. Um, if if you read the press on it, the, the authors of this book gave Hillary Clinton and her camp no quarter. So what happened after the book was released and some of the initial excerpts and everything were coming out, every Hillary staffer was like, look, here we are getting along. Look at how much fun we are. Look at, I mean, just a bunch of selfies with Hillary to combat this thing that none of them got along. There was a lot of infighting and she's a terrible person. (laughs) I guess at one point they had a legit discussion about using the motto, uh, Hillary Clinton for president. It's her turn. Ugh! no, it's not. No, it's not. Nobody has a turn. That's, that's, (laughs) That's another like Michael Topia I'm doing. Like nobody, you don't. Nobody gets a turn. No, it's not. I'm glad. I'm glad they shut it down. Um, part of me wishes they would have gone with the motto instead of "I'm with her." Hillary Clinton. It's her turn. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. But, I mean, you know what? Uh, to, here, to, here was just to play here. devil's advocate. You could make the case of like, hey, she was kind of cool, and she stepped aside for Barack Obama. And uh, waited her turn, so it's her turn. I can see why the people would pitch that as a motto. From the Hillary Clinton camp response, though, David Serrata, I believe is how you say his name. He's a contributor for the Young Turks. Pretty far left stuff there, right? Yeah. He says, post-loss defense of Clinton by Dem operatives and consultants makes sense if you see it as them defending their own continued career viability. However, a more rational response is you didn't visit key states, ran a policy for, ran policy-free ads, coddled Wall Street, and lost to a reality star. Good riddance. <laughs> I was like, yes, that boils it down right there. They ran a terrible campaign. According to someone had I've this read. someone had a great graphic on Twitter. It was a, it was a little gif that showed all of Donald Trump's campaign stops in mm-hmm. the last 
in the weeks leading up to the election. He was uh, represented by a little red dot, uh, and Hillary Clinton was a little blue dot, and her dot barely moved, and right. his dot was all over the place. He literally outworked her. Did you hear what he's doing now? What's he doing now? Oh, this is the best troll ever, and it, it, this is something else that cracked me up today. So you know about the White House Correspondents' Dinner, right? It's also referred to as Nerd Prom. Yes. Okay, so yes. it's this big dinner where all the insider press in Washington gets together and pats each other on the back and, you know, whatever. And traditionally— hey, the, uh, Listen, listen, I, I love the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Oh, you're... And in recent years, mm -hmm. it has turned into a roast— and that is not what it is. No. You're, suppo you're supposed to be making fun and telling jokes and everybody has a good time. Mm -hmm. When it starts to turn into one, what they're calling a roast, mm -hmm. like the, the roasts, the old, the old Friars Club roast, the Dean Martin roast, right. and the ones preceding that, were all in good fun and it was teasing. What, what they call a roast now is just it's mean nasty. and it's vindictive and it's nasty and it's spiteful. So I yep. think I know what you're where you're going with this, and I love, love, love it. So they're gonna so the White House Correspondents Dinner. So Trump said in February he's not going. Good for him. So he's not going to attend. What he announced yesterday, I believe, is Saturday of the White House Correspondents Dinner. He's gonna be doing a rally in Pennsylvania. Yes, which, which they'll have to cover. They'll have to cover. So now <laughs> a bunch of the press is out there. Well, people who were going to the dinner now have to cover his rally. I'm like, what, you want me to feel sorry for you? Yeah. Seriously, does the press not understand, like, nobody's going to feel sorry for them about this? See, and that's what I love about Donald Trump. It's it really is. That's one of the one one of the best super fantastic nuggets of his presidency. <laughs> I'm not going to go to your dinner. I'm going to do my own thing. And if you want to cover it, you're going to miss dinner too. Ha 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 ha. Boing ha, boing. Ha. Yeah. You know, a <laughs> lot of people point to that uh, White House correspondents dinner where Obama took a bunch of shots at Donald Trump as the moment when Donald Trump realized he was really going to run. Really. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I did I not forget, know I that. Forget, I, oh, yeah. I forget what the joke was, but Obama was on the stage, and he took a couple of shots, uh, really personal shots at Donald Trump. Everybody laughed, and Trump just kind of smiled like, yep, and he nodded his head like, okay, okay. And a lot of people think that at that very moment is when Trump said, I'm going to show them all. So White House correspondents uh, who want to have your little mean Comedy Central roast, you might want to be careful what you do because every once in a while your little joke goes too far and you get President Trump who evidently scares the pants off you. Right. Who I am loving, who I am loving more and more every day. Well, and for me it's just really the cheap shots. The, the shots that can be considered nothing but cheap. So the world championship, New England Patriots, who I have, ugh, I hate them. Um, right. They're, Even though that last Super Bowl was just fantastic. I found myself, it's it's weird. I found myself rooting for the Patriots. I found no, myself rooting no, for the no, Patriots. No, no. That was the, that was, it was the best comeback of all time. It was the best I, Super Bowl I've ever and seen. Yeah, I'll give Tom Brady that, but I actually preferred the one the year before where they got beat because um, I thought, you know, the Broncos did a fantastic job.
and it was oh, a nail biter. Oh, that was a great one. That was yeah. a great one. Mm-hmm. Listen, Last I'm two not Super a Patriot. I'm not. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm right. not like, oh, yay, hooray. I'm just saying that last Super Bowl was a fantastic football game. Well, I that actually I, I left the party at halftime, you know, Atlanta being my hometown team. And they're yeah. not my favorite team, but they're my hometown team. And they were doing a pretty good job of putting Tom Brady on his butt for the first half, which makes yep. me giggle. By the time I got home, I was just devastated. I was like, what in the world happened? But um, anyway. You and and that dude from Black Lives Matter. Yeah. (laughs) That was the best. That was the most fun. I followed him on Twitter for that night, and that Mm -hmm. was great. Because he turned it into a political thing. He's like, the Atlanta Falcons are us, and the Patriots are Donald Trump. And I'm like, okay, now the Patriots are going to (laughs) win. God. Okay. So anyway, the so Patriots, what happened with the Patriots? They got their White House trip for winning the Super Bowl. This happens every year. Yes. So the New York Times, and this this is what I get the cheap shots, the things that just you don't need to do them. New York Times Sports put a picture out that says, "Oh, look at the Patriots organization when Trump was there versus the Patriots organization when Obama was there." And the yeah. picture for Obama was much more populated with Patriots staff and, and players. New right. England Patriots quote tweets it and goes, um, that's just the players. The staff is in the seats. Here's the other picture. And the picture actually showed more people up on the balcony and the stairs than were there under Obama. See, I, I love it when they take cheap shots like that. They're so easily dis- – it, it's just like – it's like playing golf. The New York Times just took a club out of their bag and gave it to me. Like when they do little – like they have gone out of their way to discredit the president of, of, of the United States. They're factually incorrect, and it's easily disprovable. So what that is, that's a that's a – that's a, a giant club in, in our bag. It's yeah, fantastic. I love it when they do cheap stuff like that. As long as, you have, as long as you have a platform to talk about it. See, that's the problem. The original tweet gets 14,000 retweets. The correction after the Patriots knocked them on the head, right, got 400. Yes. Right. That's right. what bothers me about the cheap shot. Uh, absolutely. Which is why... Uh, right-minded people have to circle their wagons and support people that have any kind of uh, outlet. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's why. Hopefully, hopefully, Gutfeld will do something on it. Hopefully, Steven Crowder will do something on it. Obviously, we're doing something on it uh, uh, here, and I know I'm going to be doing something about it uh, on the Flipside Television Show right. this Thursday. So uh, there you go. Uh, you got to support it. The New York Times, the failing New York Times. This is like in the poll numbers. And, and I, I want to apologize to our dear, gentle listeners. Uh, <laughs> I, I have guilt about like the – no, I have guilt about the, the poll thing and, and taking delight in it. Like if the election was held today, Donald Trump would still win, blah, blah, blah. And that's an ABC poll. And um, I'm just not a, a big poll guy because they, they, they love – they're talking about uh, Trump's approval rating now. Well, what's in interesting polls. what's interesting about Trump's approval rating is I think it goes more to the how than the what. So if you look at what he's actually doing, 
right? Pressuring companies to stay in the U.S. That has a 76% approval rating among adults. If you look at the mother of all bombs, that was in the 60s. Um, if you look at Syria, that was well above the 50% mark as far as voter approval. So if you look at what his administration is actually doing, the approval rating is fine. I think that the personal approval rating for him is people still don't like the way he does it. Does that make sense? I say, well, here is the the Media Research Center mm-hmm. has done research on the media at their center. Right. <laughs> and they have found that yeah, – That's Brent Bozell and his team, yep. News coverage of the president mm-hmm. is negative by like 87%. Oh yeah. So out of the out of the hundred times that they talk about the president, eighty seven percent of those times it is negative. Yep. So how can you even? And this is especially delicious because of the march for science. So you want to do a, a scientific poll? Now what you've done is you've pissed in all the petri dishes. What? And now you're. Ch- no, they what what the media is doing is whenever they talk about the president, they're like, he's horrible. He's oh, horrible. Okay. He's it. horrible. He's horrible. He's horrible. He's horrible. He's horrible. And then they call people up. What do you think about the president? And they go, ah, uh, he's horrible. Okay, there you have it. The president's horrible. Like you cannot if if you if you pee in eighty seven percent of the petri dishes and then you go back to check the petri dishes, you can't be, whoa, wow, there's there's pee in these. Right. No. And I, and I would, you can't be surprised by it. Like you, you can't, how how do you do an honest poll? How do you really, I I have zero faith in any of the polls. It's like when, when you make a documentary, as soon as you put a camera in the room, you have affected the reality because people are aware of the camera. So with these polls, he's horrible. He's horrible. What do you think? He's horrible. Uh, Your poll is horrible. It's a waste of time. It's literally a waste of time. And to talk about them is a waste of time. We have polls. You know what our polls are? Elections. Oh, and I agree. But I think what kind of what I've been seeing, approval rating being underwater, but approval for the things that are occurring, right, is very interesting and very informative for how his team ought to be packaging stuff to combat some of that. Because I think they could package all of that a lot better. Well, as long as he still has Twitter, as long as he can still reach the masses, mm-hmm. and as long as, uh, you know, God bless Sean Spicer, that poor soul. <laughs> but they they, they got to they gotta let him tag out for a little bit and, and put somebody else in there who's just not a little bit so uh, quick to get. That's, it's what I love about Sean Spicer is that he would just – he would get his little uh, – his feathers ruffled and he would kind of uh, shoot back. It was great when he was, you know, out on the campaign trail and he was mm-hmm. talking to CNN and he was talking to MSNBC and he'd go, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. That's not what you asked. Let me tell you, like, I love that about him. Right. He would, but like in a press secretary, he's got to dial it back. He's got to dial it back a little bit. But does he really? I mean, if if you're if you're constantly dealing with this nonsense, like the New York Times picture of the of the New England Patriots. Right. And, you know, all of these other things that come up, look what Donald Trump tweeted. Look at this. Look at that. If you're constantly dealing with all of those things. Why not flip it back? 
oh yes, you can flip it back. However, in my in in Michael Topia, uh, Tucker Carlson is the press secretary, and when they do this, he laughs. He laughs. Now, well, what yeah, happens but Tucker with, with gets kind of confrontational, gets, <laughs> right? Sean goes right by the laughing gear. He's getting, oh, okay. Sean is going right by it, and he's get he gets irritated a little bit. It's what I love about him. I'm telling you, I'm a huge fan of the guy. However, he would get so much more mileage out of going. Okay, that's fun. That's fun and funny. That's great that you would ask that question. Okay, now let's talk about what's uh what's actually going on. Right. And it's too funny. I saw the Chris Matthews thing. Like Sean Spicer is a Holocaust denier because of. You know, he said even Hitler didn't use uh, poison gas on his own people and the world stopped spinning and he was a Holocaust denier and he was being fitted for an SS uniform. And then I can I can literally show you a clip of Chris Matthews on MSNBC saying the exact same thing, (laughs) the exact same thing. Even Hitler didn't use uh, chemical weapons on his own people. That is literally what Chris Matthews said. Well, but so. we're not ever allowed to bring up things that Democrats said or did in the past when they want to be mad at something Trump or his administration is doing. Come on, Michael. Don't you know the rules? I'm trying to learn them. I'm <laughs> trying to learn them. It's all it's all too fantastic. It really is. Do you know it's what all... we're, you know what, what? we're what? coming up on, too, is uh, Tax Freedom Day. Tax Freedom Day? What's that? I don't even know of this thing. That is the number of days you had to work this year before your federal taxes are paid. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. How Hun- how how many days is it now? 113 days into the year. So, you have to work 113 days just to pay off your federal taxes. Yep. I don't know why the rich aren't paying their fair share there, Liberty <laughs> Gypsy. I don't either. That is if you pay federal tax, because about 47% of the population doesn't. So another yeah. little pet peeve of mine. That is a, a – oh, that's that's a little pet peeve of mine too. You said 113 days? Yes. 113 days. I'm, just, I'm, I'm literally writing it down because I want to use it on the TV show. That is the American Tax Foundation's estimate. And that's to pay your federal taxes. Yep. Which almost half of the nation doesn't pay. Roughly, yes. Roughly. 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 About half. About half. Mm-hmm. It's well over 40%. Mm-hmm. It's, it's well over a third. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's another thing uh, of messaging that just doesn't get out there. Why aren't they paying their fair share? Why aren't they paying their fair share? Almost half the country doesn't pay federal taxes. You, you must now shut up about fair share. You must now shut up. <laughs> you're 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 literally like uh, I mean you can talk about it. I'll let you give a speech on it in Berkeley, <laughs> and I'm and I'm not gonna throw Molotov cocktails on you. But literally, when you're talking about half the people work and pay taxes, so that half the people don't pay taxes, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't sound doesn't sound fair to me. Doesn't sound fair at all. Well, and it's not. So you know. That's no, why I'm a not. big fan of the flat tax. Well, 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Donald Trump does with uh, with tax reform. Well, I say tax reform. Tax reform is is harder than uh, Obamacare. Yeah, well, the thing they better not do that there's been conversations about them doing is rothing everyone's IRA, which means you would pay tax on what you contribute um, before it goes into your account. And haven't you already done that? No, no. Your If you have a 401k, a, a retirement account, what you put in there is taken out of your net income for tax purposes. They're talking about stopping that whole mess because it comes down to $1.5 billion they're losing out on. Okay, so they take they take the four hundred one k out that they they match they match the funds that you're going to put in before the government taxes your income. Right, but what it is is your like so if you made a hundred thousand dollars a year and you put the max into your four hundred one k, which would be about fifteen thousand, you only pay taxes on eighty five. Right now, but isn't that isn't that going on a, on a weekly? Like, don't people get paid weekly? Aren't you making a little contribution to your 401k every week? Right. But what I'm saying is that when you do your taxes at the end of the year, all that gets added up and that comes off of your gross income for tax purposes. Right, right. So what right. they're talking about is allowing that to be included, what you put into your 401k and taxing it anyway. Right now, your 401k dollars are only taxed when you pull them out. What else can they get? What else can they get? I don't get? know, but you know, I think if they want to do that to us, everybody in the federal system ought to be playing along with us because our senators and congressmen don't have to do that. Well, it's it's uh, it, it's completely unjust. Taxation is theft. I used yeah. to see I used to see that whole thing about taxation is theft, and I'm like, boy, what a wackadoodle that is! What a wackadoodle little slogan that is! But it's not. It's, no, it's not. And I I retweeted this thing the other day. Uh, yesterday it was hilarious. Uh, this guy posted this picture and says, "This is how a libertarian tips, right?" Mm -hmm. And on the little uh, credit card receipt uh, under tip, the guy put a zero, and then next to it he wrote, "Taxation is theft." Then there was a pile of money that was the tip, mm -hmm. and there was a little note on that: "This is not a tip. This is a gift." from me to you and is non-taxable. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I, I I went I went straight to the wife and I'm like this is how we're tipping from now on. From now this on. This is how we're tipping from now on. Yep. I'm going to have uh, hopefully I'll, I'll I'll need to get some like cards printed up. Like this is a gift. This is not a tip. This a is gift not a is tip. not taxable. There you go. You are welcome. I love that. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, especially when you consider a lot of those waiters and waitresses make like two fifty an hour, and have to make it all up in tips. Uh, I tell you what, as a guy who worked in the restaurant business for a long time before I got into stand up, yeah, my wage. This is a long time ago. This is mm -hmm. a long time ago. Uh, was two dollars an hour. Yep. That's what I got. Hasn't changed a lot. And it didn't like if it, seriously, it, this is a hypothetical. If I if I made zero tips that day, mm -hmm. I still got two dollars an hour. Yep. And if I made a hundred dollars that day, I had to report it or you know suffer the wrath of the uh, IRS. Mm-hmm. So there's your fare. There's your fare right there. Well. So we lost. Uh, we lost Bill O'Reilly. Yep. Saw that. 
What are your thoughts on that? You know, um, I hate the fact that anyone gets convicted in the public sphere for settling. Yes. Settlements are not a expression of guilt. They are a cost-benefit analysis that's done by the organization and the individual to say it's going to cost us this much to go to court or we can get out of it for X. Yeah. And most organizations will choose the less costly route. Um, I've been in on these discussions in EEOC charges and sexual harassment charges in the past. Even even when I knew that the organization had done everything lockstep that needed to be done to say fire someone, we would get a charge and we'd have to make the decision whether or not to settle it. And more often than not, it will get settled. Um, So that bothers me. Um, You know, and and this whole thing about, well, Fox is a terrible environment. Look at how sexist it is and blah, 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 blah. You know, look how the women are made to dress and this, that, and the other thing. Well, you know what? That's a career decision you make. Greta Van Susteren didn't dress that way. Dana Perino doesn't dress that way. You know, I mean, there's women on there who are successful that don't dress in the low-cut dresses and the, you know, high-heeled shoes or whatever. And they're still there and they're still successful. So I I think the whole thing is kind of getting blown out of proportion. I know a lot more people are coming forward with allegations and everything else. But, I mean, you see that every time something like this happens and you just got to kind of wonder. Well, it has led me down this road that the thing that concerns me about it, and, and maybe this makes me a hypocrite. Maybe I think it does make me a hypocrite. Where is the um, groundswell of support for Bill O'Reilly? Where is the where is where is everybody on the right saying, "Hey, let's give this guy his day in court." Hey, let's let's have let's figure out what happened, what's what's real, what's fake, what happened, what didn't happen, what's just an accusation, what kind of proof, X, Y, and Z. Let's get to the bottom of this thing and figure it out. Everybody just kind of yawns. And they go, well, O'Reilly's gone. That yeah. was it for O'Reilly. And, you know, I think some he, – he, is... he did have a very dedicated following. This happened to Glenn Beck back in 2011 or 12 um, on the same station. Um, what, what happened to Glenn Beck? I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it was, but they – what his comments were. But the same thing happened. His advertisers pulled and all, all of this. It, I don't believe it was sexual harassment. I believe it was more of a public position that he took. Um, yep. And they pulled the advertisers, and Glenn Beck went off and created his own enterprise. You know, there's a lot of people advocating for Bill O'Reilly to do the same thing. I also think there's a fair number of folks on the right at this point that are getting a little tired of Fox News in general. Um, only because behavior of some of the top management there appears on its face with the allegations being made to reinforce a lot of stereotypes about what people on the right are like, and we're not really like that. Um, so I, I think there's some mixed feelings and support for Fox is, is maybe not what it always has been. Um, again, he kind of gave up the right to have his day in court, and most of these women aren't supposed to be discussing this at all. I mean, anyone who's under the terms of a settlement shouldn't be talking. Um, so there, it's very hard to do that kind of investigation. Um, well, 
you know, it's it, it, it seems to me that and this is just, just emotionally speaking, that Bill O'Reilly is the victim in this. Well, I mean, he's the victim of a smear campaign, without a doubt, yeah. a, 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 a non fact. The only fact based thing is here is in this whole story is that at some point in time, Bill O'Reilly and Fox News have settled for X number of dollars with these types of claims. Now, Bill, yeah, and Bill and his lawyers still say he's innocent. Well, and you know what? CNN, we've talked about, is likely to be the subject of a class action lawsuit for racial discrimination here shortly. They're likely right, right, going right. to settle. So who's going to pay at CNN? Well, here's, here's, here's the trend I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Beck, for mm-hmm. whatever whatever you have, your thoughts are on Glenn, mm-hmm. he's gone and, had, and, was, and was marginalized. Mm-hmm. The Blaze... Uh, I wish the Blaze nothing but success. Right now, I think they're going through a rough patch. It's right. not going so well. Uh, so you know they got Bill O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Smear campaign. Bill O'Reilly's gone. Uh, they're. I think that I think Hannity's going to be next. And when I see when I see these people on the right, uh, on Twitter, on the Twitter feed, and and everybody's entitled to their opinion. Don't let's not be so eager to eat our own. Is Sean Hannity perfect? Oh, no, 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 he's not. He can be a blowhard and this and that. When he talks about the kung fu and the karate, it's a little tiresome. Let's not be so quick to eat our own. I think Hannity uh, is is better than he is bad. I think right. Bill O'Reilly was better than he was bad. And I tell you what, people couldn't wait. They were licking their chops to get rid of Tommy Laren. Mm-hmm. And let's let's when we're and we're looking at uh, we're looking at the uh, Democrats and we opened up our show with, hey, if you don't believe what we believe, you're out. Believe what we believe or you're out. And Tommy Laren, she went off script and everybody said, you're out, mm-hmm. including Glenn Beck. Let's not be so eager to eat our own. No, because if, if we remember Andrew Breitbart, his entire mission now, I don't know what Andrew Breitbart would have thought of some of Trump's policies, what he would think of Trump personally at this point. A lot of people pretend they can figure that out. I can't. What I yeah. know for 100% sure is he wanted to destroy the Democrat media complex. And when I see people gleefully doing this, I, I didn't comment on Tommy Lahren other than to say she's a kid. Leave her alone. She's 24. Yeah, I, I don't believe half the stuff I believed at 24. Um, you know, it, when I see this kind of celebration, I was not a big Bill O'Reilly fan, but I didn't turn on his show. I don't much care if he's on Fox or not. Do you know what I mean? But to watch the like gleeful celebration because of the right's tendency to put purity tests on people um, – you know what? Watch the Democrats right now because that's what they're doing and they're losing. Let's not do that on this side. <laughs> you know, and, and that's and that's what we're doing mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing. And I'm still in uh, in wait and see mode. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to get into it uh, too much because we are running short on time. I still don't know why they canceled Red Eye. Me either. I still don't know why they got rid of that show. Me either. Uh, and that's a little bit – that one is, is – unless something wonderful happens, unless they, they replace it with some other wonderful little uh, piece of comedy or, or, or debate. Lightheartedness. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I just don't see 
the upside. When I when I would go in, I did red eye very early on live via satellite. Not that much fun. In the past couple months, I would go into the studio and do it. And I tell you right now, that, <laughs> that show didn't cost him a nickel. Right. It didn't cost him a nickel. I don't know why they would get rid of it. That's that's an underreported story. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, a lot of people, I would say the most consistent regret that I've seen in terms of the conservative or right-minded media was Red Eye going off the air. A lot of people were like, hey, what the heck? You know, I mean, I think there was more sor- like, more general sorrow about that than about Bill O'Reilly or Tommy Lahren. You know, well, we could get behind Red Eye, and I think part of the reason was it was fun and funny and a little bit lighthearted. And people had differing opinions, and they didn't go at each other. Mm-hmm. It was all right. Uh, so, so that's good. That's fun. Let us uh, get into some Michael Topias very quickly uh, before we wrap it all up. Oh, uh, oh, we got to make a we got to make a prediction. It's uh, round one of the French elections. Do you think uh, Marine Le Pen can can win this thing? Nope. You think she's unelectable? I think she's going to get into a runoff, and I think the remaining electorate who voted for the other folks will consign. I, I think her opponent's unelectable. I, I don't agree. One's far left, one's far right. Um, I think the the majority of voters will consolidate behind her opponent. Okie doke. Uh, I'll be very anxious to see. Uh, sadly, I don't think uh, Marine Le Pen will win either. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be uh, more grief for the French people. Well, I, I think feel, French. I, I, think, I think we're divided here. I think if you look what's going on in rural France versus the urban areas like Paris, I think the divide there is even bigger. Well, uh, I, I, I watch with I watch with bated breath what will happen in the French elections. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu is uh, sacred blue. That's what that means. Fun to know fact. Sacred blue. That's asking for the help of Mother Mary. That's oh, what that nice. means. Yeah. You learn stuff here. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the real world, uh, there's crazy laws and crazy rules we have to live by, but there's different rules in Michaeltopia. The rules make sense, and life is wonderful. What do you got for a Michaeltopia? In Michaeltopia, we're just going to stop messing with candy. Okay. We're just stopping. I like where this is going. I what saw happened? Butterfinger has put out a peanut butter-covered chocolate bar with chilies in it. Okay. Have you tried it? I have not tried it, and here's my thing. I, You know... I've had the spicy chocolate. That's a well-known cuisine. Once you add the peanut butter, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, I'm with you. We don't put, we don't put uh, hot stuff in our candy bars. No more strawberry nut M&Ms. No more. Just stop. Just stop. There are people in this world who put peanut butter in their coffee. What? There are people in the world who put peanut butter in their coffee. I thought it was a joke. Uh, it, there's a nutritionist. I don't want to name names. I don't want to tell you how I know, but th- this is a thing that is happening. You take a big spoonful of peanut butter. You stir it around in your coffee. Now, you still have the peanut butter on the spoon, so you kind of eat the coffee-flavored peanut butter off the spoon, and you get the peanut butter in the coffee, and that way you're getting your little morning pick-me-up, and you're getting some protein, and, quote, it tastes delicious. 
unquote, which I don't believe at all. Now, I've taken the chocolate dip spoon and stirred it in my coffee. But mocha, again, well-known well, culinary thing. That's, that's chocolate. Chocolate yeah, and peanut no. butter, two, two very different things. No, no. I know. Why not just eat a hard-boiled egg if you need some protein? There you go. God. Okay. In Michaeltopia, we don't freak out about government shutdowns. Right now, there's, oh, the government's going to shut down. The government's going to shut down. Good. Shut it down. I love it when they shut down the government because you know what that means? They tell everybody, if you're a non-essential employee, you got to stay home. Guess what? That's what it is every day in Michaeltopia. If you're, <laughs> if you're a non-essential employee, employee yeah, don't come to work. By the very addition, <laughs> the definition of non-essential, you shouldn't be going there in the first place. It, that's, so how it, yeah. that's how the private sector works. Yeah, no, and not only that, I'm pretty sure if we have a shutdown under Trump, he won't be kicking veterans out of memorials and shutting down private in private um, you know, businesses on federal land and stuff like that. So Okay. In Michaeltopia, MSNBC is no longer allowed to claim that they speak truth to power, okay? <laughs> Your network is just loaded with opinion shows, opinions that lead to the left. So your definition of truth is already compromised. You're an opinion network, so you can't claim to speak truth to power. And speaking truth to power is not, oh, I criticize the president. No, that's 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 cheap. That's not truth. That's opinion to power, and that doesn't fire anybody up. You want to talk truth to power? Go over and tell Kim Jong-un to stop with the nukes. Okay, that would be talking truth to power, but you're not going to do that because you're a little chicken crap person and you're afraid of getting killed. So until you have the balls to actually speak truth to power, shut up. Well, that was actually interesting because somebody who is critiquing the bombing in Syria and the mother of all bombs, somebody actually put up a GoFundMe to send them there. Yes. I thought that was hysterical. And we that is hysterical. they raised the money. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. That uh, Paul Joseph Watson did that. He raised money to send a journalist to Sweden. Yep. That didn't work out so well. There you go. Put your money where your mouth is. All right. I got another Michaeltopia. Do you have another Michaeltopia? I don't. I'm used to this like one and one and done. So go ahead. Okay. That's fine. Well, you know what? I'm just actually, it's all this is is just practice for the flip side. Okay. Because uh, we got a taping on Thursday and I'm not going to do it. Uh, but the Michaeltopia is in Michaeltopia. Nobody gets a turn at being president. This is not a turn-based society or no. republic, and we have elections. But I'm definitely going to be using that one on the show. The only okay. way in which you get to rule because it's your turn is in a monarchy. <laughs> right. That's Thank it. You. That's a great. You, you, that's a great tag. That's yep. called a monarchy. Yes. Okay. Uh, I have to write that down. Okay. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody. Uh, for supporting the flip side. I want to thank everybody for uh, coming to the, the loftus party.com. Wonderful things. Wonderful forces are at work. Even though you don't see them, they're out there working for us. The forces of good are at work and uh, all of our new friends on Facebook. And I want to thank everybody for sharing our videos and passing those around and clicking on those and clicking like it's a wonderful thing. Uh, the Twitter is growing. The Facebook is growing. Loftusparty.com is growing. It's all so much wonderful. It's almost like too much Christmas. <laughs> all right. We've gone long. All right. I love it. I love it. Have a great day. Congratulations on the second, uh, Liberty Gypsy camp. I hope things go well. I hope we don't get run out of there, uh, anytime soon. 
Well, we'll invite <laughs> you to the next campfire with your ukulele. Oh, the ukulele. I tell you what, I, I'm taking it to Vegas. I'm doing stand-up, doing stand-up in Vegas. I'm going to close with a big Elvis number on the ukulele. Uh, it could be a disaster. However, I'm practicing. I'm practicing a lot. I want it to sound good. It's really my dream. It's really one of my dreams is to like close out a Vegas show, me doing a musical number, and say, it, I, I don't know how much more. But how much more Vegas can you get? Not a lot. Or how much more I Christmas? Swear. Too much Christmas. Too much Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week on the Loftus Party.